The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911. It is 4.07 on the Central Coast on this Wednesday, December 28th, 2022. You're listening to Hometown Radio. I'm Dave Congleton, inviting you to stay with us. Straight ahead on this broadcast during the 5 o'clock hour, Karen Veely from Cal Coast News will join us. Let's pick the top local stories of the year. We'll hear from her and we'll hear from you. At 6.05, we're going to do the open line because we only have three left, uh, three 6 o'clock segments left. Michael Aaron Woody is going to sit in with me. We're just going to take your phone calls. He just wants to be here. He's going to miss the 6 o'clock hour. I will, too. It is a Dave Congleton show, always your hometown radio talk show. This hour, we put the community spotlight on an absolutely impressive, amazing, and much-needed nonprofit. It's uh, Jack's Helping Hand. They've been doing this a long time. But the problem is, the challenge is, the need continues. Uh, I'm very pleased to welcome in conversation. Bridget Reddy, she is the co-founder of Jack's Helping Hand, and she has brought with her Leslie Rodre, who is the executive director and uh, former board member, as I recall. Ladies, good afternoon to you both. Good afternoon. Welcome Hello. to you. Um, Bridget, this was, Jack was your son. Uh, he passed 2004? Correct. All right, as you pull that microphone just a little bit closer to you. Passage of time. How are you, how are you doing? I, I think always um, we're all given challenges in the, in this life, and um, I obviously uh, did not expect what happened to happen. We fought the battle hard. We were sure we were going to win the cancer battle, and we didn't. But I sh- it was quite the education in having a child with cancer, in having a child with special needs, living in a beautiful, wonderful community. But we do not have a major uh, uh, pediatric cancer hospital here in the area. So I had to travel. I had to up and leave my family uh, for nine months, for six months, and four months, uh, rarely coming home. In fact, the first nine-month stay, I came home one day. And I was exposed to a world that I didn't know existed. And when I went to look for help, there just it, there was nothing here. Yeah. And but, yeah, but how are you today? How are you doing? How am I today? Yeah. I um, I feel honored and humbled to serve like most people. I think serving others is the highest level of living. And I just am so grateful that through what I have learned in my life and, and, uh, and learned through others, that I am able to make this community better, and especially our medically fragile special needs children and those with cancer. Leslie, tell me something about Bridget that she would never admit. In all honesty, Bridget is probably the most humble person I know. Um, She spends her life just looking to do better, make lives better, make other people better. She takes her experiences and is able to adapt them to meet the needs of others. And it's very impressive. We we know... Obviously, why Bridget is involved in this. What's your story? (laughs) 
my story, I spent 28 years in the community as a speech-language pathologist. And in my private practice, um, I received a call from Bridget um, because she had her son that she had just brought home from Stanford. Um, he had a feeding tube, and she needed a therapist to help him with his feeding and his speech. Um, at the time, I was going through some own personal struggles, um, but she was persistent and asked if she could bring him in. So I saw him, and I saw him for the three years that he was alive. So for me to become involved in the organization, once he had passed, they reached out to me to see if I was interested. And of course, I was interested on being on the board, and I've been with them ever since. And I just retired almost five years ago, and I've been with I took on a full-time job. <laughs> well, it says a lot about Bridget that you made that kind of commitment, or maybe a lot about Jack, uh, or a little bit of both. A little bit of both. They yeah. are a fantastic family. He was a fantastic child, and everybody worked really hard for the betterment, um, and they continue to, she and Paul both. So, uh, Bridget, let's talk about specifically Jack's helping hand and what you and Paul have shaped and created and how you explain the purpose of the group. Correct. Uh, we, through our, through our experience with our son, Jack, we realized that there were some deficits and needs here in this beautiful community, and we wanted to make, make it uh, accessible for all here. Um, after Jack died, we worked with California Children's Services and outfitted a therapy room and built a therapy room with county schools. And that was really the extent of what we thought we were going to do. We built it. It was lovely. Uh, many more children came and had access. And about six months later, a good friend of my son's, Owen Beck, who was 17 years old, had uh, osteosarcoma and he had his leg amputated and his insurance company would not get him a press leg that he could walk around and go to college in because he wanted to. So we were contacted by the Santa Margarita Ranch and the Beck family to put on a small little barbecue so we could raise money so Owen could get a prosthetic leg. He needed to make about $70,000. Well, we were selling tickets at the door. We, were, we had no idea what we were doing, but we made that much and then some. The end of the story is is that Owen Beck is now 32 years old, no, 34 years old, had a baby, and is living a full life with this incredible prosthetic leg. But we knew that following Monday, after our first auction, uh, auction and fundraisers 16 and a half years ago, we knew we had to do something. And that Monday, we started getting phone calls from other parents saying, I have a sick child, I need help. And these are people right here in our own community, in our own county, and we knew we had to do something. We initially thought we would help one child a year, then one child a month, and I, what are we up to a day now? Yeah. It's just incredible. So that's kind of how it started. And um, we just knew we had to do this. Leslie, share the number. You, you emailed me some numbers of what you've been able to give out. I did. We, uh, we justify a lot of our requests, um, or a lot of our, our funding goes on request. So we are having, we have about 300 children that we're, uh, we're help working with right now. Um, but of those 300 children, this year we have received 860 requests, 62 after today, um, which is more than we've ever received at all mainly because you look at that pool of 300 children and if they're a child with cancer they're going once a week up to Stanford 
and they're doing that for infusion or chemotherapy treatments and they're doing it over the next six months. So we get a request every week to help pay for their food and their fuel and their lodging. So we're roughly at about $200,000 that we put back into the community to help these families get their children to the treatment that they need. And are these families mostly local families or are they from all over? They, the majority, I'd say 99.9% .9 of them are all local. We have a small percentage. We have a, we're doing a pilot program through um, Santa Maria for kids with cancer who are getting their treatment up here. But it's mostly in local. San Luis Obispo, but everything else is San Luis Obispo County. San Luis Obispo County. And are you seeing, you, uh, it sounds like you're seeing more. We haven't had a 40% increase from 20 to 21 and then from 21 to 22. All right. So Bridget, explain how the program works. How do, how do people get accepted? How do they participate? And what do you do for them? Well, children are referred to us, usually through doctors, through other agencies, through medical services. And uh, when they are referred to us, they usually call and or go online and fill out an application where they have a specific diagnosis. And from that point forward, they let us know what their appointments are, what their needs are, what their concerns are, and we work together with the families to fulfill these needs. But what would happen if there wasn't Jack's helping hand? What would these doctors do? Well, many doctors come to us and say that. We don't know what we do without you. In fact, many of the teaching hospitals say, if you live in San Luis Obispo County, you are very lucky because you have Jack's helping hand and we take care of you. We want you to go to have the best resources and have the best chance of a happy, healthy life, no matter what that may be. Leslie, comment on that, please. What would happen without Jack's helping hand? I mean, the doctors are referring. The doctors are referring. <laughs> schools are referring. Mm -hmm. Social workers are referring. Um, we're very grateful to be here. Part of our goal is to, and this is where some of our funding impact comes, is a lot of our goal is to help prevent people from becoming homeless, prevent them from being having food insecurity. Make so, the connection. The reason being, if you've got a child that's getting cancer treatment and it's going to cost 350 a night for them to go to Stanford, and they're going four times a month, and they're going for six months, that's an extra $1,200, $1,300 that's coming out of a pocket of what used to be a two-income household, which is now a one-income household, yeah. and that's extra monies that they don't have. So then they stop paying in their mortgage because it's all interrelated. they want to get their child to treatment. So our job that we see as our job is to help prevent this financial insecurity that comes from having a child with an illness or a sickness that nobody ever anticipates. Right. But, but it's not just cancer. No. no. We are not doing just cancer. About 10% of our population is cancer. Um, almost 10% have a congenital heart defect. We have 67% have a developmental disability, so that could be something they're born with in chromosomal um, syndromes, hearing loss, cleft palate, cerebral palsy, and then we've got 10% that we deal with that are acquired, so that would be a disease process, epilepsy, diabetes. All under the age of 21, though? You just work with children? Under 21. All right. I don't want to get too far behind here. We're putting the focus on uh, Jack's Helping Hand for the Hour, very important nonprofit. Uh, stay with us. We have a lot of ground to cover. We're live. We're local. You're listening to Hometown Radio.
421, you have landed on the Dave Congleton Show, always your hometown radio talk show, where we put the spotlight on Jack's helping hand. We have Bridget Reddy here. She is the co-founder of the organization. Leslie O'Radre is also here. She's the executive director. They've been together a long time. On the Stahlberg line, yikes. I'm so thankful for Jack's helping hand. We had our first son pass at birth, and they helped us with our funeral expenses when we're in such shock and pain. I don't have a name, but this is the kind of story that you probably do, Bridget. Correct. Obviously, this is one of the most difficult situations that we endure, and we help with at Jack's Helping Hand, but we are honored because we are here for these families through it all. Um, Let's talk about the assistance population. What should we know, Leslie? The assistance population um, really knows no boundaries. We see a variety. We have a diverse group um, that has every demographic and some that have multiple demographics. I was surprised, for example, like if it was at 50 percent of your came from North County. Correct. Yeah, we're all over the county, as a matter of fact. So our. Assistance program, we serve the whole county, North County, South County. We break it up, Slow City, Coastal. Um, Yes, 50% is North County, which is the Tascadero and Paso Robles area. What does that tell you? Or is it just a... It tells us there's lots of young... uh, I think that tells us that there's lots of young families that live in that area. Uh, Most families, as you know, mom and dad both work. And then you have a child who is born with some kind of... Um, a special needs or a critical illness and one parent has to stop working and the cards start falling down and that is when we come in and we are there to help these families give us a story Bridget Uh, we have lots of these stories we have uh, children who are going along fine in life everything's wonderful they get a fever and bingo they've been diagnosed with something horrific whether it's cancer whether it is a chronic illness whether it's a heart issue and they get the shock of their life i mean these families are don't you know this is not on your list when you you have a family that having a child with this kind of special needs is not on your list but that's when we come in that is when we come in to help to support to nurture and to help doctors and other medical personnel get these children to where they need to be so without mentioning a name give us a give us a case study a case study i will read one right here that we have in our newsletter okay it is um a little girl it um, on Christmas Day in 2019 she woke up happy to see what Santa had brought her she took a few steps down the hall and then start fell and then she started stating she couldn't walk she'd always been very healthy she rarely had a cold before this they immediately went to the hospital were diagnosed and um, she continued to get worse and worse Finally, after multiple uh, specialists, she was diagnosed with cancer and was ambulanced to Children's Hospital in L.A., and she was diagnosed with um, ALL leukemia. After 2.5 years of treatment, she's much stronger today, happy and healthy, and she even, in July of 2022, she got to ring the bell after she finished her last chemotherapy treatment. She is back in school playing with her friends. She loves the monkey bars, coloring arts and crafts, and riding her bike. She participates in our cancer camp that we have every year. And also, she was at our uh, Cancer Kids Christmas party at the Madonna Inn this year with her family celebrating 
and we were happy to celebrate with her. Well, and just following what we were talking about earlier, Leslie, we got the numbers here. Uh, financial assistance for 300 families, uh, numbers rising weekly. New cancer diagnosis for a child typically costs between 2000 to 3000 per year that your nonprofit will absorb. That is correct. And the cancer diagnosis is going to be the most expensive diagnosis based on what the treatment protocol is coming from the hospital. Um, but typically these kids cost a tremendous amount and we're funding the transportation, the fuel, the lodging. If they can't get into a Ronald McDonald house, we have a great relationship up in Stanford. We've got relationships with all of our hotels surrounding children's hospitals. Um, we're covering their food costs. We can cover part of their medical bills. Um, anything that we can do to ease that burden because they're not planning on it. And because we're a rural county, how is that a factor? We are a beautiful community, but unfortunately we don't have a pediatric, children, a pediatric hospital. And so the nearest ones would be Valley Children's Hospital in Madeira. It would be Stanford, Lucille Packard up at Palo Alto, Children's Hospital LA. So all of them are within 150 to 200 miles away. Uh, uh, there's obviously uh, financial support, Bridget, but there's got to be that emotional support. Correct, correct. That you, correct. given what you've been through. Correct. They come to you. Yes. And they know your story. Right. And they want to talk. You know, the hardest thing about when you're a parent is feeling alone. Anyone. It's feeling alone. And when you have a child who has a, a special needs, is medically fragile, who has cancer, you feel alone. You, you have to go away. You have to be separated from your family. And they definitely call to get reassurance that, yes, we're going to be here for this journey. We're not going anywhere. We're here for the journey. We're here to provide love, support, guidance, and on top of that, um, financial security for them to get what they need for their child. Leslie, what's the website, please? It's jackshelpinghand.org. All right. We're off to California Headline News and ABC Radio News. Craig will update us with time-saver traffic and weather together. Let's dive in and talk more about Jack's Helping Hand and the various programs that they are offering and how you can get involved and support. I'm Dave Congleton. This is Hometown Radio, and we're wishing you a happy Wednesday, happy new year. Closer, going faster than a roller coaster. Love like yours will surely come my way. Hey. KVC News Talk Time is uh, four thirty-four. Dave Congleton in conversation with the folks from Jack's Helping Hand. We have uh, Bridget Reddy here. She is the co-founder. Leslie O'Radre is uh, the executive director. Uh, Bridget and her husband Paul lost their son Jack in two thousand and four. After a three-year struggle with brain cancer, and now you can see the result with this amazing nonprofit, and it gets even more impressive because I understand how much federal funding, how much government funding do you get every year, Bridge? It must be a lot, or Leslie, either one. <laughs> Actually, we get zero federal funding. Zero. <laughs> zero state funding. You so. don't get any outside funding. No, our. Our, di our uh, donation base is predominantly 
private private foundations, um, individual supporters, loyal supporters who have been with us for 16 years from the very beginning. Uh, community Foundation, we are recipients from um, private donation foundations within um, the Community Foundation. I write grants, um, many local grants, many private foundation grants to get funds to support our programming. How about even like a letter from Congressman Carvajal? You get anything at all? I mean, do, do they acknowledge you in any way? Do they understand? I think they understand what we do. The only, the only thing that we've, uh, we've gone for a state grant. Um, we've applied three times for a park grant uh, with the County of San Luis Obispo Parks and Recreation. Um, we have not received it, even though we've tried. So our third attempt, we were denied again. So now we're doing it on our own. Well, you got a new supervisor. It might change. We can try it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, and it's that time of year when people should be thinking about donating, get, beat the deadline on January 1st. So they could donate. Is that what you're suggesting, Leslie, to Jack's Helping Hand? Year-end donations are always a wonderful way for us to continue our programming for the year. Um, you can go online to jackshelpinghand.org, get our address, or you can donate right there on the site. Yeah. Bridget, obviously you've got to be surprised by all that you and your husband and your your team has accomplished. This has got to exceed expectations. I think it's extremely humbling. Uh, extremely humbling and also I think the community has rallied behind us because they see the need they see the children and everybody has a neighbor a friend a relative that you're gonna you're gonna know about that needs some help and that's when we come in so I think at the end of this show I hope that your listeners really take to heart what we do and they will now have the education to go out and help somebody else in our community and send them our way. By the way, I'm not trying to exclude you from the conversation. If you want in, feel free to pick up the phone or text in at 805-543-8830 as we put the spotlight on this very important nonprofit that has been around for more than a decade. All right, so Leslie, we've talked about the assistance program, which is wonderful, but the good news is that a lot of these children do survive but they have to come back and have some kind of life. And Jack's Helping Hand is there for that as well. That is exactly right. We know that these children come back. Many times they're not quite the same. They've got disabilities. They've got pain. Um, they're weak. So we recognize the need to increase some programs that can allow for these children to experience some joy, have some fun um, outside of their traditional peers. And so we developed a swimming program, an adaptive aquatics program called Little Swimmers. Um, and, and let me just interrupt, if I may, and ask, how did you decide what programs to offer? How, how did, I mean, do you, do you go look at other programs around the country? Do you talk to doctors? This is what you need to do? Or just kind of make it up by the seat of your pants? Well, I wouldn't say we made it up by the seat of our pants, but we had people approach us who were offering adaptive aquatics programs. I see. And stated the benefits, so we did some research on it and decided we could certainly scholarship kids to go to these programs. And our Little Swimmers program is over 10 years old, which is an adaptive aquatics program. We had some older kids who wanted to come following cancer treatment and didn't want to be called a Little Swimmer, so we created the <laughs> Water Warriors program. That sounds a lot better. There you go. Um, we also were approached by a woman who did adaptive horseback riding lessons and explained the benefits of that, especially for kids with mobility impairments and balance. And we've been running that program now 
for probably eight years, which is called the Little Writers Program. So it's a great way for these children who are coming back into the community that are, they're different. They have different needs and they don't fit into traditional lessons for swimming or for horseback riding. And these are programs that can let them have the same experiences. And both programs have highly certified instructors. So the horse program is a PATH certified um, instruction program. My son had phenomenal results. He really wanted to walk, and he just did not have the core muscle strength after so many years of cancer treatment. And our, a doctor up at, at Lucille Packard Children's Hospital said, this kid needs horse therapy. And sure enough, we got on a horse with a certified instructor and on Saturday, and he got up and walked on Sunday. It was that fast. These programs... It's a physical component, and I'm not a father. I'm curious about the emotional challenge for young people who go through th this at such a young age and how that shapes them emotionally and how you deal with that. Well, that is why we have the cancer camp. That okay. is when they come together with all the other survivors children and their families and not only does the child come home who has been through this horrific treatment but their siblings are also have also had trauma in their lives and yeah. and to seeing their lives turned upside down and we come together it's a free camp that we put on for three days um, and it is families can talk and and it is packed full of fun and wonderful activities with the oncology nurses society works with us and it's a phenomenal program but these families do not feel alone and that is one of the most important things on the Stolberg line as a longtime volunteer with Make-A-Wish, I have worked with many of the families that Jack's Helping Hands assists. I cannot tell you how many parents have been in tears as they express gratitude for the work of this amazing organization. The emotional, financial, and practical assistance provided by Jack's Helping Hand is so vital and unbelievable in its scope. The Ready family are truly angels on earth. We're blessed to have you in our community. Thank you. Thank you. Here, here. I would agree. An additional note onto the emotional capacities of these children and their families. Part of our organization, we do offer, and we kind of keep on contract, a um, psychologist yeah. that when people are newly diagnosed, we offer some counseling for them. If they're in the throes of treatment, we offer counseling for them. So you started this 17 years ago. Are you seeing... I'm trying, to, I'm trying to ask whether or not things are different with the children today than they were 17 years ago. The, the kind of issues they're dealing with, the way they're handling it, the way the parents are handling it. I think we're much more aware now in this, in this day and age of, of all the, not only the diagnosis, but the effects not only on the child, but on the complete family. We also have much more hope because medicine is better. Um, you know, we continue to improve if we can get them and get the correct care for them and support them on their journey. And parents are aware of the emotional turmoil that is placed on, on these children and their families and the importance of talking about it and not pretending it's all okay. Yeah. Leslie, hit us with the website again, please. Jackshelpinghand.org. Find out more information about this great nonprofit and how you can get involved as uh, we continue our conversation here. I want to get an update. What is happening with the Imagination Park? The Imagination Park has been growing in leaps and bounds. 2020 
may not have been a good year for a lot of people and a lot of uh, organizations, but it was really a great year for us. It gave us the opportunity to really get some uh, positive upward movement on the park that was donated to us back in 2005. It's 30 acres in Napomo. Um, during that time, we had a horse barn that was donated to us. We were able to erect that. It's a 10-stall horse barn. The hay barn went up, and the maintenance switchgear building, um, the maintenance building and the feed, the hay barn, I think I said that. Right, but, um, what, but what's the park going to be? So the, bar, the park is actually designed to be a park that will allow children with disabilities to play with children without disabilities. And it will also allow for adults who have physical limitations or mobility issues to be able to go to the park with their typical kids or kids with disabilities as well. So it's a universally accessible accessible park for all. What's your vision for it, Bridget? I think um, anybody who has had a child with special needs or has been medically fragile or cancer knows that as a family, you're, you're pretty divided. One has to stay home with the child. Very rarely can you go together. You, um, you're kind of always on edge and you're divided. But this is a place where families can come and be together. Um, we had talked to a family who've been with us a long time and they said, my child yells and screams. That is part of his disability. That is what he does. And they said, we can't wait to go to this park where he can yell and scream. And that is the norm because this park is for him. Not And, and a lot of times the, the children that and families that we serve, they have unique situations. And this is a place they can come and be comfortable, know they're loved and have fun as a family. Yep. Tell the parents I said that that's a yet young man is a radio talk show host in the making. He's a yeller and screaming. Hey, that's training. That's training. Uh, what's the timeline for the completion of the park? Well, we have the park is divided into three sections. Ah. And so the equestrian, uh, the equestrian therapy section, which also includes a classroom where we are planning on doing um, different types of classrooms and a community center, uh, it will be open the first quarter of this year. So we're very excited to come back to you when that happens and, yeah, yeah. and talk about that. The next phase is the playground barbecue barbecue in the play fields and um, that we are currently uh, working on funding for. Where, where in Napomo is this going to be? It is at the end of Illinois Street in Napomo. It's about a mile from Trilogy. Okay. Off of Eucalyptus. So a lot of, lot of, a lot of space out there. Correct. And a big shout out to Mike McAustin who retired from a wonderful teaching career and said, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I want to do more. I want to do more to make this community better and has come on more than full time and has actually developed and built this park for free as a volunteer. It's amazing. All right. Uh, we'll take a quick break and come back and talk more about Jack's Helping Hand. I'm Dave Congleton on AM 920 FM 96.5 News Talk KVEC. I hope you'll stick around. Karen Veely is going to join us here on the 5 o'clock hour, local reporter. We're going to pick the top local news stories of 2022. Uh, Michael Aaron Woody joins us during the 6 o'clock hour. We're just going to run an open line. and We've got three 6 o'clock segments left. If you don't want to talk about anything, we'll talk about Southwest Airlines. There's always plenty to talk about. 
when uh, Michael joins us. We're in our final segment with the fine folks from Jack's Helping Hand. We've got Bridget Reddy here. She is the co-founder. Leslie O'Radre is also here. She's the executive director, and she's about to remind us of the website, please. Jack'sHelpingHand.org. Donations. We get involved. Donations, get involved. You can receive our newsletter. You can reach out to be a volunteer for any of our programs. You can make a donation specified to a specific program. You can also sign up for our monthly you can also sign up for our monthly newsletter where we have, have that that goes out once a month. And it's just it's very enlightening to see the stories of our beautiful children. We always say we have the cutest kids. <laughs> uh, Bridget, talk about I wasn't aware of this, the connection between Jack's helping hand and the late great Kacho Shajian. Correct. Kacho. Correct. So when the property was donated um, to us in memory of our son, Jack, with the focus on building a park for special needs children and adults, Kacho Asajian brought us into his office and said, now we're, we can do this. And we're like, well, you know, we're, we're not exactly builders. And he's like, no, we're going to sit down in, in about two and a half hour meeting. He wrote out 10 pages of lists poster size of things that we needed to do and how we were going to do them. He gave us contact information and then he came and he or um, one of his assistants would meet with us once a month and keep it going. He really had faith in us and he just kept reminding us um, great things start with little pro- with little bits of progress. Just keep at it. And we did. We had to do things like change the general plan drill a well when there was a well moratorium and he kept saying you do not give up and he really believed in us but he also believed that truly a civilized nation would take care of these children and he kept saying that over and over again he is a was always a big advocate for special needs children uh, their families and you know a heart as big as ever he he believed in us and he he guided us, and we are so very thankful. Here, here. So when the park is up and running, we have to have a plaque or something. Oh, de- oh, definitely. We are Absolutely. meeting with the family on that. Correct. Yeah. All right. Now, the other thing I'm curious about, because we've heard from all these other nonprofits, and I'll start with you, Leslie. What about COVID and the impact that COVID had on Jack's Helping Hand? We remember very clearly that March of 2020 when COVID hit and we were trying to decide if we were truly an essential service or not doing what we did. Uh, So we ended up coming in, we reduced our hours a little bit, but we came in through the week and we found that our phone was still ringing and appointments were still being scheduled for the killed kids who were getting infusion, that were getting chemotherapy. Just because the world shut down didn't mean their disease did. So it became very evident that we became an essential service and we never closed our doors. We never stopped. More people needed you, but how was your funding? Were you still getting donations? We would continue to get some donations, but our fundraising event, our largest fundraiser, our primary fundraiser is our annual barbecue in June. And of course that was not held. We did do a call to action in a newsletter during the middle of the year, letting them know letting our donors know that we were still operating and we were operating with increased numbers and any donation would be grateful. We received a tremendous outpouring. We're so grateful for the people that follow us. And 2021 wasn't a whole lot better, but we were able to do some small groups. I think everyone learned how to be extraordinarily creative in the last couple of years. Um, And again, we had some very strong support, both middle of the year and also at the end of the year. So we were 
doubling up the number of kids we were seeing just about 40% and we were getting half of our donations in. So we pride ourselves on being very conservative and really good stewards of the funds that we receive. Um, we've saved a lot in, and put them into money market and savings accounts so that we have some sustainability so that we can continue this on for the next 16 years. Now, Bridget, what do you call the COVID and the challenges it posed? I think our families live in a COVID world, even if COVID is not around. They are locked down at home, usually. They live in constant fear of getting a simple cold, because a child with cancer who gets a simple cold, that that's an emergency room or an airplane trip up or an ambulance trip up to a major hospital. Um, they have to be extra, extra careful. So we had to remind ourselves that many of these families that we serve live that COVID life day in and day out because a simple cold or illness can really uh, affect them. So how do you bounce back from the, the fundraising challenge, Leslie? Well, we were blessed this year to be able to host our annual barbecue and auction, which we hadn't done in the past. We had so many familiar faces that were just ecstatic to be there, to be together. The outpouring was absolutely amazing. We're still in awe of the community that comes in and supports what we do and are so grateful. So we're hopeful that things will keep moving forward and we'll be able to do our fundraising each year again. You need to have two barbecues this year. <laughs> we could try. To try to catch up on that. So if people donate before the end of the year, how is that money likely to be used? Those funds, they can be designated to a particular program. If you go online to the jackshelpinghand.org website, you can designate different funds for specific programs, which we will earmark those, or they can just go into the assistance program to help fund our fuel, lodging, and food uh, for the travel expenses for our kids. Mm. So given that, Bridget, look ahead to the next five years. What's the vision? How big do you want to get with this? What else do you want to offer? We have, I have found, and all of us have found with Jack's Helping Hand, that uh, when we start started, we started very small and did it very well. And then we have continued to grow. And within the next five years, we'd like more of the park up and running. And definitely, if we continue to receive funding and we continue to receive 40% new families each year that need help, our, our goal is to take care of them. That's what we're here for. We're here to serve these families, to make sure that their lives, no matter what obstacles, we can help with. You also wanted to, we mentioned earlier, the uh, lack of public funding. Correct. But there are county agencies who have helped you, other than Cacho. Correct, correct. We have the Board of Supervisors has voted to um, give us funds to help with the park. Okay. So that has been very nice. We have really appreciated that. Slow County Parks and Recreation have been very instrumental in helping us with the grants that we're writing, which then help us to share the information to other private donors with right. regards to building things at the park as well. Community Foundation is amazing for mm -hmm. their... Um, donor advised funds for giving us as an option for individuals who are looking to give donations to an organization that helps children. Hmm. Do you need volunteers at all? We keep focused on the donations, but do you need volunteers? We always need volunteers. We've got, you can go on the jackshelpinghand.org website, click on opportunities to volunteer. The horseback riding program, she puts out almost 300 volunteer hours per year, helping with the adaptive riding. Uh -huh. Our large events, 
um, are more of a one or two time donation of ours. And then our Camp Reach for the Stars is full weekend long. So we need a lot of volunteers for that as well since we host 25 families. And on top of that, since we are going to be opening the park soon, uh, definitely we will need help out there with cleaning and, and getting things up and running. And I think the, the main focus is that people become aware of what we do because people in the public they're going to know somebody, either a neighbor, a friend, a family member who needs our help. And we just want to remind them to send people our way. Jackshelpinghand.org is the website. Yes. All right. Our thanks to Bridget Reddy and Leslie O'Radre for coming in. I can give each of you a 30 seconds for a final thought. And Leslie, I'll go to you first, please. Well, I just want to say thank you for having us on here and the opportunity to share our good works. We work very hard to maintain our transparency, to be good stewards of our funds, and to help as many children in the community, and that's an extension of helping their families as well. We want people to look to us as an angel, because that's what we try to do. You're good. 30 seconds on the nose. (laughs) must have been a broadcaster. Bridget, you get the last word. And I want to thank the public, the, especially the San Luis County people who have supported us throughout these years, who've believed in us, who sign up for our monthly newsletters, and who are enlightened and, um, and give us encouragement through difficult times. The community has supported us, and we are so honored and grateful to serve these special needs children and their families. Uh, ladies, thank you. Keep up the good work. I would like for you to come back, please, soon, next Absolutely. year. Happy New Year. Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year Appreciate the time. Off we go. News, traffic, weather. I see her through the window. Karen Veely is in the house. You've been warned. The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911.